Hello everyone, my name is attorney Sean Smith and we are here with another wonderful episode of Law Matters, where today we are talking about law and local government with the director for Orange County Communications, Mr. Jeff Williamson. Hello, my name is attorney Sean Smith. So happy to invite you to another episode of Law Matters. And of course, we have a astounding guest with us today, the Director of Communications for Orange County, my good friend, Jeff Williamson. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Sean. I know I had to plan this uh, since last year <laughs> to get on your schedule. I am happy to be here. I'm glad it worked out. Thank you. Worked thank out. you. Now, the name of the podcast is Law Matters, and one of the, the things that we discuss is how the law affects everybody. Now, you you work for the Orange County Mayor. Tell our audience a little bit about what you do. Okay, so I am the Director of Communications for Orange County Government, which means that I support three basic teams. Orange County owns a television station, cable access station, which is Orange TV. Orange County also has um, a graphics division, and then there is the main division, which is the public relations office, the press office, um, website development, and all that. So that department all rolls up to me as a communications director, and I report to the Orange County um, the mayor's chief of staff, Roseanne Harrington, and she reports to the mayor. So if I could put my job into a sentence or two, basically it is my job to manage a team that tells the story of Orange County government. Someone has got to tell the story, and the telling of the story of Orange County government is, is very complex, as you know. There's mm-hmm. so many issues that come to a local government that is just that does not fall in the purview of every single individual. So there's, it's so broad, it's so vast. So the goal is to tell the story in as elegant and as simple a way as possible to the constituents of Orange County so they understand what their government is doing. And because what their government is doing is important, and unfortunately many people are either A, unaware, or B, don't really care, you know, what does it matter to me? So um, it's that's the job that I am entrusted with, is telling the story of Orange County government through public, public publications, through uh, public relations, through social media, talking to the media, the press as well. So that's kind of my, my um, the, the assignment that I've been given by the Orange County mayor. And you do such a good job at Thank it. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> Appreciate that. And so that's why we've given you this form as well, to let the Orange County community know exactly what's happening in, sure. in Orange County. Now, how long have you been in that position? So when the mayor, as you know, Orange County Mayor Jerry O'Demings was the sheriff of Orange County until 2018 when he ran for mayor successfully and won in the August primary. Uh, when he became mayor on December the 4th, 2018, uh, he brought me over there with him. Now, I was one of the chief spokespersons for Orange County Sheriff's Office, as you may know, for 12 years. I wasn't the chief spokesman, but I was the chief for about six years and uh, one of the uh, staff spokespersons for six years. So I was the um, managing uh, supervisor for the spokesman's office for six years. So I guess he saw my work. He liked it when he was the sheriff. He said, I got to grab this guy and bring him over to the uh, mayor's (laughs) office with him when he came. So he asked me. I was thrilled to do what I had, as you know, finished my Ph.D. at UCF. So I was really heading into a career in academics. Mm -hmm. Um, But the mayor, you know, graciously asked me to join him. And I said, absolutely, because he is just a great boss. And uh, it was a great opportunity for me. Nice. Now, let me ask you this. You say he's such a great boss, and not many people say that. 
Why do you think he's such a great boss? What, what are you so impressed with in regards to so, the mayor that we I'm have? I'm glad had? you asked that question because um, having been prior to this, as you know, even prior to prior to being the spokesperson of the sheriff's office, I was in television news for about 13 years. So I've worked for some terrible bosses. Mm. Um, not just in news. News is a is a cutthroat business, as you know. Right. Um, the the contracts that they write for you, you can get. They can fire you, but you can't get out of them. The way they structure the contract. You ask almost any television news reporter here locally, they will tell you the contract is not written for them. Right. It's written for the station. Have mercy. So they basically take advantage of you. They know there's lots of people that want to get into television mm-hmm. news because television news is a bridge to do great things. It is. It, it was a bridge for me. I will admit it. So I. I, I took advantage of that. So I've worked for some pretty bad managers. Mm. And by that I mean people that say one thing to you mm-hmm. and they do something else when the door is closed and you've left, mm-hmm. um, that don't have integrity, that do things that you're like, no, come on, that didn't pass the smell test what you right. just did. Even if it's to someone else and you know that, hey, that could happen to me at any time. So the integrity that I've seen in Mayor Demings, the things that he says, he means, mm-hmm. um, he's not a guy that's gonna say something to your face and then when the door closes, say something else. What he's thinking, yeah. I promise you, you're going to know it, yeah. right? And he's a gentleman and I, I look, I have not liked everything he said to me. Sometimes, you know, he's <laughs> like, Jeff, you didn't do that right. I'm like, yes, sir, and I'll, and I'll do it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but the integrity and the truthfulness, I know that when he says something, he means it. Mm-hmm. And I know that he's looking out for my best interest. He's always looked out for my best interest and all the people that work for him. He really wants us to move forward and to improve our skills and to, and to become better in everything that we do. Now, one of the questions I've, I've asked you since I've known you, I was like, what makes the mayor, I think at the time the sheriff, what makes him so popular? Yeah, right. And I'm going to ask you now so everyone can hear the answer. Yeah. What makes him uh, so popular? So have you ever been with the mayor at an event, let's say? Yeah. So here's the deal about the mayor that I've, and I've covered politicians as a reporter for years and years and years. Here's one of the differentiating things about Jerry L. Demings is that he will go to a, he, he will go to an event mm-hmm. and he will schedule nothing after that event. In other words, he's not trying to get to an event and run out, right. make my speech and run. He will stay, then he will shake 200 hands. He will take 500 pictures. Mm-hmm. We were at the um, Bronze Kingdom on this past weekend for Juneteenth. Mm. And the mayor was there with his wife, Congresswoman Val Demings, who you know is running for Senate against Marco Rubio. Yeah. So we're there, and the mayor booked nothing after that. I promise you, he took 100 pictures. Mm-hmm. He shook 100 hands, mm-hmm. kissed 20 babies. Wow. It's what he does. He's never in a rush to leave a crowd, and he makes you feel like you're his friend. And, and you are. He really respects the individuals. I've seen plenty of politicians that shake hands, cut and run real fast. Not this guy. This guy likes to be in there. He wants to hear what you're thinking. And he like, he wants to be kind of a part of the community. And let's remember, the guy was born to Washington Shores here mm-hmm. in Orlando. Yeah. The man was not born into wealth. The man right. was born basically into poverty. Right. Son of a, of a cab driver and a maid, yeah. basically. Uh-huh. So he understands his roots. He understands where he's been. He is super smart. He is dedicated to the safety and the welfare of, of the people of Orange County and he's just been he's beloved if you saw the election in 2018 he killed those guys right and I think and I, you didn't mention this but we live in a diverse community yeah we live in a diverse nation and one of the things you told me is like listen the mayor any any I won't say any invitation but whatever environment he's in he's nice he's kind oh, yeah. he's, he's he's beloved yes you know the, regardless of race, oh, yeah. creed, or culture. So, th- listen, he, he, um, he's a Democrat, mm-hmm. but 
Let's, he, he goes to, you, if you're Republican, if you have an event, he's coming. Mm-hmm. You want to ask him a tough question? He'll answer it. Mm-hmm. And he's been in some of those environments where you know that he's the outlier. Mm-hmm. He's the outsider. He sits there and he'll just answer every single question, shake every single hand. You will know what he's thinking. I mean, it, it is a remarkable thing to watch for a local politician to be that upright. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Now, talking about the mayor, I have to. We have to talk about and mention the historical nature of his position and and where he is right now. Touch on that a little bit. Some people may not know the histo- you know the history behind not just him becoming Orange County mayor, but him becoming the first sure. African American mayor. So um, he rose up very quickly through the ranks of the Orlando Police Department. At 39, he became mm. the police chief of the city of Orlando. That's very remarkable mm-hmm. for an African-American mayor, man at 39 to be the police chief of a major city's police department. Yeah. Um, at 39, he ran the police department for quite some time. Very popular, um, very popular um, police chief. And then he became, because of his, his, his work ethic, of his ability to manage and execute, he became the public safety director for Orange County government. Many people don't know that, so mm. when he left OPD, he became the public safety director for Orange County, which means he ran the jail, he ran fire rescue, uh-huh. and he ran the emergency and emergency operations center, maybe okay. one other department. So he ran all of those for several years. So he was fairly well versed in Orange County operations prior to becoming the Orange County Sheriff. Mm. So in 2008, he runs for Orange County Sheriff, wins significantly, right. and becomes the Orange County Sheriff, the first black elected Orange County Sheriff in the history of this county. Wow! Now, when you look at the census populations and you say, man, how, you know, what's, you think about Orange County, it's about 53% straight white, uh-huh. 30-ish, 32%. Hispanic, mm-hmm. only about 22, 23% is black. Mm. So that this county can elect a black mayor out of a smaller population of individuals shows you how, how much he is loved, how much they believe in him. Mm-hmm. And remember when he ran for mayor, again, in, 20, in 2018, he killed those guys, right? right? So um, it is significant that he is mayor and the margins that he wins. He's not, he's not winning by, right. you know, this much. Exactly. He's killing exactly. these guys in every exactly. election, you know. I don't even know if they've got a candidate to run against him in 2021, you know. Uh-huh. So it's going to be tough for whoever wants to run against him. So it is significant in that this county has elected this man multiple times mm-hmm. by large margins to run large departments and now to run the county. Yes. Any person, young, black, white, or old, when we look at the history that you just outlined, it's hope for us, you know, like, and, and I guess my question would be, how was, it, how was he able to rise up in these areas? Because some people may say, you know, racism is, is prevalent, it's, it's, yeah. it's going to keep people down, and, yeah. you know, there's no, there's no way out of it, you know. In light of, you know, the racism that, that is there, there was something about him and his, maybe his work ethic yes. that allowed him to to be where he is today. What would he tell us if he was here in regards to, to how to overcome those things? I don't think that I've left work before 730, 8 o'clock mm-hmm. since I've been there. I mean, I go home occasionally early because my <laughs> wife makes me come home. <laughs> but Sean, his work ethic, I think you nailed it. His work ethic is just on it's it's unbelievable he comes in early mm-hmm. he has seven eight nine meetings a day mm-hmm. goes late to 
um, events mm-hmm. for his um, for the mayor. Like you know, people have banquets or a funeral mm-hmm. or a wedding or a graduation speech. He rarely says no to stuff. He goes to everything. So people just see him as a reliable voice, mm-hmm. super nice guy, mm-hmm. super smart, and well-meaning. Mm-hmm. And when you have someone like that, it's it's hard to it's hard to say no to someone like that. It's hard to not vote for someone like that. Yeah. You've got to have a good reason to not vote for a guy. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing too, uh, on the political side, and I can't get too deep in the political side based on my position. But when you talk to the mayor, he will tell you he is a govern he is a governing centrist. He's not going to go. The, the, the ends aren't going to get him, right? <laughs> he's not going to get eaten by the far left, and he's not going to be demonized by the far right. Uh-huh. He governs from the middle. He says, what is best for the citizens of Orange County? Mm-hmm. And that is the way that he governs and looks at things. What's best for these people here? I know these people are going to yap over here. I know they're going to yap over here. Uh-huh. But I have to govern from the middle, which is exactly what he does, and that's why he's popular. He's a centrist. He's popular from the middle. Nice, nice. Now, many people don't understand county government. Who are the major parties or players within a county government system? So if I can talk specifically about Orange County, yes, that's probably do. the best that I can, can mm-hmm. example that I can give you. So Orange County, the Orange County is split up by six districts. There are six commissioners that are elected by the constituents of their six districts. Um, the Orange County government, and I believe all the constitutional officers, which is the mayor, maybe the sheriff, tax collector, property appraiser, um, um, and board of elections, all of those individuals, all those races are nonpartisan. Mm-hmm. So even though you may be a registered Democrat or a registered Republican, when the election comes, that D or R does not show up on the ballot. Mm-hmm. So you do not know, I mean, unless you know the candidate, you're not voting for a, a party, you're voting for a, a person, person, if you will. So those six districts make up Orange County. And the mayor has been elected uh, so they're elected by their districts, but the mayor is elected by all the citizens of Orange County. All 1.39 million citizens of Orange County are allowed to vote for the Orange County mayor. Now, even if you live in the city of Apopka or the city of Orlando or mm-hmm. the city of Winter Garden mm-hmm. or this any of those cities, the 11 municipalities within Orange County, mm-hmm. you can vote for your mayor. So if you live in Orlando, you can't vote for Buddy Dyer, but you can also vote for the Orange County mayor, Jerry L. Demings, or whoever the candidate might be. So you get to vote twice. That's if you live in a corporated city. And let me pause just in case yes. anyone misses it. When you say corporated city, we're talking about a city that is incorporated. And you mentioned some of those, like Orlando. Correct. You mentioned another one, like Apopka, mm-hmm. which is probably the major two. What are That's some right. other ones? Winter Park. Winter Park, Winter Garden, Winter Garden Ocoee. Ocoee. Um, there's down there, there's Belle Isle. Um, there's a few down there by Disney. They're very small towns. And these are, are when, you, when we say municipalities, these are cities. That's and correct. And they have city governments, and those city That's governments right. have mayors. That's, they have mayors, or they'll have an executive that is that is elected by all the people. That is correct. So, so to, to put it in perspective regarding numbers, about 650,000 people live in those cities. Mm-hmm. The county has 1.4 million people, including all of those cities. So they're about 800,000, just doing the simple math, with 1.4 million citizens, 600,000 being in those corporated municipalities. There's about 800,000 citizens that live in unincorporated Orange County. You may have an Apopka mailing address, as do I, but I do not live in the city of Apopka. I live in Orange County. So, and you judge that, I always tell people, well, how do I know where I, well, you judge that by 
looking at who responds, the, the easiest way, who responds to your area when there's a call to 911? Yes. Is it the yes. city of Apopka police? Is it the Orlando Police Department? If it is one of those individuals, you're in a corporated city. Right. But if it's the Orange County Sheriff's Office, uh-huh. you're in unincorporated Orange County. Yes. That may be the easiest way for you to understand that. Oftentimes when I speak to individuals, it's the same answer I, I give to them, especially my, my background in litigation and criminal yes. defense. It's like, okay, well, who should I call? Well, what law enforcement agency responded? Exactly. Okay, it was Winter right. Park. Well, you probably live in Winter Park right. um, District. Or it was Winter Park. Oh, even, oh, that's Seminole. I was going to say Altamont Springs. but that's, Yeah, the Seminole County, yeah. right. right. <laughs> but, but in terms of Orange County, Orange County is like the big umbrella, yes. and then, which covers corporated and unincorporated parts of Orange County. That's right. And the mayor is over all of Orange County. Correct. So if the mayor, let's say, signs an executive order, which he did during COVID, of like restrictions, that's for everybody in the county. I don't care what municipality you live in, Mm -hmm. that's for everybody. In that, the county charter, and all the cities understand this, the county charter says that the mayor, in times of crisis, hurricane, COVID, becomes the emergency manager of the county, mm-hmm. right? So his, his words, if he's not an executive order saying, Sean, you can't leave your house at the 10 p.m., that's an executive order. You could face a penalty or, or a crime. So he becomes the executive, the, um, the emergency manager of the county. Mm-hmm. So he has all of the authority and power during those times. Now, how does the mayor work in, in conjunction with the commissioners? And you mentioned there's six commissioners. Yes. Uh, and the wonderful thing, <laughs> interesting thing as well about Orange County is that the six commissioners are all female. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got one man working with six female commissioners. Yes. How, how does he work? How does he work with the commissioners? So, um, n- I won't only discuss the gender part of it, but I, I will discuss yeah, the, the legal, uh, the legal <laughs> and right. the, the, uh, the, the parameters in which he works. So Orange County has, uh, as the state of Florida has sunshine laws, which means that the mayor cannot meet with any of those commissioners individually mm. unless he sunshines the meet or notices the meeting. Mm. So he must meet with them in the sunshine. Yeah. He can't pick up the phone and say, hey, Commissioner Wilson, come by my office for a quick meeting. Wow. Doesn't work that way. He's got to notice the meeting, which I think he's been noticed for at least 24 or 48 hours. Don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. But he has to notice the meeting so that it can be publicly known. Wow. And if you want to show up and listen to their conversation, you can do so. So then he cannot just, he can't just call up a commissioner and meet with them. He can call up a citizen and meet with them. But in terms of the Board of County Commissioners, Mm -hmm. the meeting has got to be noticed. So he must meet with them individually. Now, as you can imagine, same thing with him. All of these these are they're elected by their districts, and they are also in a nonpartisan race. So let's say in District 1 is Commissioner Nicole Wilson, who just recently beat Commissioner Betsy Vanderlei. Well, there's not a D or an R, but Commissioner Vanderlei was a Republican. Commissioner Wilson is a Democrat. Mm-hmm. So they don't put their D or R by their name. Mm-hmm. They just run in the nonpartisan race during their election period. Gotcha. I don't know if that makes sense to you or not. No, it, so it, it in, does. in terms of working with them, he really can only work with them openly during the Board of County Commission meeting, which takes place about twice a week. That's when he can openly discuss issues. That's when you can talk about whatever is on the agenda for that particular meeting. Mm -hmm. And and let's make clear what that essentially means. Whatever policy, whatever procedure that he's looking to push, Mm -hmm. he cannot sit and try to Talk to them on the side right. to get them to vote. No, sir. In his, in his, Unless in his. he wants to go to jail or face a serious <laughs> fine by the Ethics Commission. Right. You and they will nail you. Exactly. They've done it in the past. So the only way that he can discuss these things with them 
when I say them, the commissioners is at those board of commission meetings. That's correct. Unless he, you said he he files a notice in the game that he's going to have a meeting That's with right. them and has, has to abide by the sunshine laws. That's right. So that must be interesting then, knowing that, okay, I'm coming to this board of commission meeting that's held twice a week. Twice a month. Twice a month. Yeah. Okay. And that's where they discuss all issues yes, on the table. That's correct. Now, he isn't the only one that can put things on the agenda. They may have something they want on the agenda. Mm-hmm. They send it over to the county administrator who works for the mayor, who works mm-hmm. for the citizens of Orange County, and then they consider it and they put it on the agenda so it can be discussed openly by all commissioners. It seems like these meetings will be very long if you're only having them twice a month and that's the only time he gets to speak with the commission. The last one was Tuesday this week and I left there at 9.30. And it started, it started at 9 o'clock in the morning. 9 o'clock in the morning. They're not all like that, but that is not an uncommon occurrence. Mm-hmm. How does the, the, the mayor um, push forward his his policies and it gets them to become law within a county system? So you say push forward, so we gotta be careful with that. Yeah, let's be careful with that. Yeah, so um, he can put, place things on the agenda that he thinks need to be discussed and voted upon, Uh as can any commissioner do that. But the mayor and all commissioners, if you're a politician, you can of course read the tea leaves, (laughs) right? You know how certain commissioners have voted on certain kinds of issues in the past. Uh-huh. And you know how they format their argument yeah. and their leadings and their leanings. Uh-huh. And once you know that, mm-hmm. you got to, you know, the mayor's smart. And so are the commissioners. There's some things that just are not going to fly with these guys, <laughs> these ladies. And these ladies don't play. Right, and I would suggest right. to anybody to go to the OCFL.net and look at some of the Board of County Commission meetings. They do not play. Right. They really are very serious about governing. Mm-hmm. And if he has something that he wants to answer your question to push forward, he, he and they had better have their ducks in a row in terms of kind of what they want to see happen. And, that's, and all the commissioners are briefed. By the by, the parties who may have, and you know, this past Tuesday there were several things about zoning. People want a larger lot, or they want to buy some land from the county, or mm-hmm. they want to increase, you know, they want a boat ramp in their area, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Well, they talk to the commissioners. The citizens can talk to the commissioners. Write them a letter and say, "Hey, I want to please uh, grant me the permission to build a boat ramp in my." in my docking area, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. And reading the tea leaves, they need to go and research and see if that, that can be done and what the county's position is on stuff like that, environmental impacts, et cetera. So the, the commissioners and the mayor have really got to know, have a, have a sense of what will pass and what won't. Right. Because you and I are not into fighting battles that we know we're going to lose. Exactly. And they, exactly. You know, they have got to think that my, my, uh, my item has a fighting chance. How can we be involved in our local government? How can I be involved with the local laws that are taking place? And I think you mentioned the first thing we need to do is contact our local commission. Yes, sir. How do I find out who my local commission is? So just go to OCFL.net mm-hmm. and right there at the bottom, you scroll all down to the, not to the bottom, but on the very first page, you'll see every single commissioner, their district, how it lines up, where you live. You can even put your address into our into our database, see exactly who your commissioner is, and and have their phone number, all their information, and then make a meeting and meet with them, or give them a call and tell them what you would like to talk about. And then, Sean, there was this. During the BCC meetings, which we discussed to take place twice a week, there was a thing called public comment. 
you can come and you can you can just come sign up and you can talk to the board of commission about anything that you want to discuss anything anything that you want to discuss now if it's a me if it's a matter that is on the agenda uh-huh. you have to wait it's or it's wise to wait until that comes up and then right. there's public comment for that specific thing but if you just want to talk about you know i wish they would get rid of all the birds and apopka or whatever mm-hmm. you know <laughs> they're too noisy or whatever it is right. you can just come during public comment and say hey everybody I'm Jeff Williamson, I live in Apopka, there's too many birds. If we could get our environmental protection people to do something about that, they're, you know, they're making a mess of my yard or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, I'd appreciate that. You can just come and talk about whatever issue you so desire, and that happens all the time. What's the most persuasive procedure to use? I mean, I may come in, you know, public comment section and talk about birds in Apopka, and my commission like, well, I, I never knew that the birds in Apopka yeah. were an issue. And yes. You know, I've got already so many things on my other plate right now. Birds of Apopka may not be priority. But That's right. What's the most persuasive way? So if you want to get something done, the BCC may not be the actual way to go. It may be getting in contact with your commissioner, and your commissioner puts you in contact with utilities or uh-huh. the Environmental Protection Division. Uh-huh. And there may be a very simple fix for whatever you've got. I see. The, the Board of County Commission is, to a large degree, on some more contentious issues in which there is countywide you know, it, it, possibilities of issues or problems, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. But it starts with talking to your commissioner. Yes. And they can point you in the right direction. If it's something that needs to be brought before the board of committee, they will say, hey, I will work to get your item on the board of county commission. And there may be some paperwork you have to fill out or whatever to get in front of the board. And then you can you can um, place your issue in front of the board of county commissioners. Suppose I feel like, you know, I see Jerry Demings all the time on TV. I, he seems like a more personal person than maybe my local commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I set an appointment with the, with the mayor? With, with he, the has, mayor? he has a time frame, which is called meeting with the mayor, which he does, I think, every other Monday or Tuesday. Don't quote oh, me on that. Okay. And he will meet with any citizen. You may have to get in line. It may take you six weeks to get in line mm-hmm. to see him, but he will meet meets with every citizen. He can meet from for like 30 minutes or so, talk to them about your issue. He meets with those individuals and takes their issues, and he moves them forward, or he tells them where they can go, or whatever the case may be. Or you can just catch him at a regular event. Like I told you, the guy would literally <laughs> talk to 100 people at an event and just say, you know, he's going to be somewhere and just say, hey, Mayor, here's, here's some things that you know are happening in my district. And they may say, hey, call my assistant and make time to come see me at the next Meet the Mayor session. Nice. Yeah. Mentioned earlier about COVID, and one of the things that we did see in the news is maybe a, a difference of, of, I don't know, law from what the Orange County mayor was suggesting and what the governor was suggesting. Yeah. How are those two things worked out when there is a conflict between what the the local county is suggesting and what maybe the state government is suggesting? This is politics and there's always going to be conflicts. Just the way it works, especially if you've got a Republican governor and a Democratic mayor. Right. right? So starting with that premise, um, there are going to be things in which the governor and the mayor are going to disagree on. Mm -hmm. The governor can sign an executive order that can absolutely wipe out a local executive order. If you remember, we had the strike teams that would go into restaurants, into gyms to see if they were complying with CDC guidelines, Mm -hmm. six feet, wear a mask, et cetera. Um, The strike teams had the ability, if you were a frequent if you were a frequent flyer in terms of not following the, they could fine you, mm-hmm. right? Um, it wasn't a big fine, and it wasn't to make money. It was just to let people know, hey, you need to clean up your act. Well, the governor signs an executive order basically saying that's no longer allowed, which, you know, the, the local order then dies. And then he signs another order saying, and if you did pay a fine, the, government, the local government has to now pay you back. Mm. 
So the so the the, the state government certainly as the federal as a federal ruling would over you know overrule a state uh, uh, executive order right. say it would have stayed for a local one so the goal is to have some harmonious working between the two and there is harmony there was a early on there was a issue about barber shops opening yeah. and salons yeah. opening the mayor and the governor worked very well on that together but some of the other things they just flat disagreed upon and some things the governor could not overturn and he did not overturn mm-hmm. but some of the things that he chose to overturn he did and we had to comply that's just the way it works you would love to have harmony but it's just look and i'm personally thankful that they worked out the barbershop thing so yes I can get my, my haircut <laughs> i know you didn't worry about no that too, no right? sir a razor <laughs> and, and three minutes later i'm good <laughs> now in in terms of again i'm going to go back to our involvement does my voice matter you know in terms your of your voice no sean smith no 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 uh, well absolutely sean Absolutely, your voice matters. And the mayor and everyone looks, that, that's what they're there for, is to listen to their constituents. Your voice absolutely matters. And I encourage everyone to get involved in government. Even before I got into news, even before, I, like I was involved in my local government. I would go to local meetings. And, you know, you to go to the Board of County Commission meetings, sometimes just four people in there. Get involved in your government. Right. Listen to what the issues are. Go online because the agenda is posted, mm-hmm. I think, 24, 48 hours before them. You can go and see every single thing that's being voted on. And you can go make public comment on that particular thing, or you can write your commissioner about it. But your voice absolutely matters. And if you watch this last Board of County Commission meeting, I won't even talk about the issue that took place. But I will. Yeah. There, there, was a, there was a vote on, uh, on picketing and petitions near residential areas uh-huh. and there was another vote on whether or not um, you, local pet stores were allowed to buy puppies from puppy mills mm. it was quite contentious there were 56 speaker cards it took two hours to get through the public comment alone that's why we went to nine o'clock that night but let me tell you something those people got up there and they made their argument and it certainly produced a result so your voice your strong voice absolutely matters that's what government exists for in my opinion is to listen to the constituents of their area and to make decisions that affect those persons nice now what are some of the local issues you mentioned the, the puppy um, mill situation what are some of the things that are taking place in our local government now that we should be paying attention to or may even going to a, a BCC meeting to express our opinions so some of the things that the mayor has put forth that aren't back yet there would be a penny sales tax that will probably be coming back the mayor announced that during the um, state of the county back on June the 4th there will probably be a penny sales tax referendum that will come back when it will happen I'm not sure the mayor is going to make a decision on that um, there was the whole issue regarding housing and transportation. Yes, yes. I mean, yes. we talked before the show. We talked about how how bad, how desperate it is for individuals who want to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Raw materials are super expensive. You want to buy a house now? Good luck. You're going to be bidding against 25 people. Yeah. And so it's really, really tough. And there, so the affordable housing issue is a major issue. Those are some issues that are going to be coming back. Since we're kind of on the downside of COVID now, those are issues that are going to be coming back irregardless because people want an affordable place to live. Yeah. And um, you are, I forget the term, but you you're basically are considered housing challenged if you pay more than 30% of your income your net income In into rent, housing. Right, right. You're, you're considered, you're, you know, you're, 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 you don't have the expenses then to take care of your family, to feed them, to save for the future, to plan for your retirement, et cetera. So I would, I, if there are two issues that I'd keep my eye on, it's transportation. Have you been on I-4 lately? Because I travel it every day. <laughs> 
you know, and I, I'm white knuckled, almost like, dear God, let me make, make it home safely, right? right. Um, and housing. Now, thank God I, I was able to purchase a house like I told you last year, and it worked out well because, you know, this is before COVID sort of ended. Mm-hmm. But there are people out there that would love to buy a house and they just can't afford it, Sean. Yes. So I would say housing and transportation are the big two to look forward to in the next in the next near future. Back to talking about transportation, it's funny, I've gone to the airport a couple of times within the past six months, and I was amazed to see the construction, and I believe it's the rail that's going to be, that they're building off of yeah. 528 to come into the, yes. the, the airport. Yes. Uh, does the mayor sit on that board as yes. well? Yeah, the mayor's on that board. So there's a bright line, there's a whole, there, the whole transportation thing is just a completely, and I, I encourage everyone to watch the last January 22nd board meeting and the discussion on bright line. That's January 22nd or was it June 22nd? I'm sorry, June 22nd, okay. I apologize, June 22nd. Look at the, um, the conversation that takes place regarding bright line mm-hmm. and them coming in to, coming in from coming in from South Florida, the possibility of going into Tampa. Yeah. There's a discussion about well, why doesn't it come to the convention center, right. which is a main artery for us, which is a which is a major place for business and commerce for Orange County. Because mm-hmm. as you know, tourist development tax is big for us. So when there are major conventions, 50,000, 80,000 people at that humongous convention center, it helps us with tourist development tax revenue. Um, so that whole transportation piece is huge and everyone I think has I don't see everyone but a lot of politicians in the past have been afraid to discuss it but this mayor's not we're challenging it head on and we want to see some serious results as it relates to that this is why the penny sales tax for transportation is in the mayor's eyes a very smart thing to do but we got to do it in a smart way gotcha but um, yes transportation is big and um, Brightline is making some serious serious um, advancements as it relates to trans- transportation within the state of Florida I know because I travel to South Florida a lot, and mm-hmm. if I had the option of taking a train, I, especially a fast train, <laughs> yep, get there like two hours and ten minutes, something like that. Right. That would be so awesome. It would be. I'm gonna end off with a softball question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is it that you love about your job so much? Oh, really? <laughs> well, a, I will tell you. Um, I could chase money around, Sean, if I really wanted to do that. But the mayor is just such a great guy to work for, and the environment that he's set up. You know, I go home, I'm not stressed out. I've had jobs as a reporter where I was, I would come home completely stressed out. But working for a great guy in a great department with public service and getting to do shows like this with a great guy like Sean Smith, <laughs> Attorney Sean Smith, is just makes my day. It's fantastic, and I go home a happy camper, which means the family is yes, happy. The wife is happy. The wife is happy. Everybody's happy. You know, happy wife, happy life. Exactly. I know you know that story. Um, but it's just a great place to work. I'm not going anywhere unless the guy chooses to get rid of me. Uh, I'm going to stay right there until I'm until they tell me. You know what, Jeff? You got to go. So it's just a great place to work. Jeff, I appreciate you coming on to Law Matters, and I know all of our listeners are excited to hear all the wonderful gems that you were able to give us, informing us of how our local government works. And I'll I'll speak for myself. We're so appreciative of you and the mayor and all our wonderful commissioners at the time and energy they put in in making Orange County a better place. Thank you, Sean. Again, this has been Law Matters. We invite you to like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are also on uh, Apple and Spotify and iTunes. And again, Again, this is Attorney Sean Smith with Law Matters.